This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. This is where they die. And the shield boys. Remember this day, man. It will be yours for all time. words. Back is back! I'm on a mission, it's captured or kill, and we don't capture Unleash the guns, blow, hit, talk down Cowboy football. Come on, all right, everybody. That's what I'm talking about, guys. We've made a great effort so far. Let's just keep it up. That's right! We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? We've got to keep our composure. We've come too far. There's too much to lose. We've got to just keep our composure. Live with your own failure. Where did that bring you? Back to me. I think it's time we blow this scene. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, it's jam. Welcome back. It's the Zero to One Hundred podcast. I am your very tardy host, William C. Walker Jr. I'm very sorry for the delay. Had a lot going on. Uh, I absolutely love the theme that Mike McCarthy chose for this team going into the season. Seize everything, Carpe Omnia. Uh, so thus far, that's exactly what the Cowboys have been doing. I, you know, I fully intended to get this episode out before the season had even started, and now a full month has gone by, and the Cowboys are now three and one, headed to Santa Clara for one of their biggest games of the seasons versus the 49ers. Uh, I, you know, I meant to get this episode out at least after the season opening beatdown of the Giants, but I was late, uh, and you know, so this episode is going to be a little bit different. 
Uh, you know, I was joined at the beginning of the season by my brother Corey, who's a Cowboys fan, and my friend Greg, another fellow Cowboys fan, and we had shared our thoughts on what we thought the team was going to do uh, going into the season after training camp and preseason. And so I'm going to play, I'm not going to play the full conversation, but I will play what we were thinking going into the season and even what we, you know, what our thoughts were about the Cowboys trading for Trey Lance from the 49ers. Uh, because when we talked, it was actually right after that went down. And uh, I actually, this week, in fact, it was yesterday, I went back and I rewatched the Cowboys playoff loss last season to the 49ers. Uh, and there were some things that I had forgotten. Then there were some things that were etched into my brain that I uh, I won't forget. Uh, so I just wanted to share my thoughts and, and what I think that means for the boys as they get ready to face the 49ers this Sunday night. Uh, and the non-related uh, Cowboys content, I'm joined once again by my brothers Corey and Ricky as we continued our Marvel re-ranking of the MCU films where we left off it was ranking uh, 14 to 10 and so we actually ended up finishing the rankings completely because we, we've been missing each other for so long and uh, so I'm going to share that uh, 14 to 10 and then 9 to 5 so up first is the Marvel re-rankings then Cowboys talk and then back to the Marvel re-rankings because I split it up. It's first 14-10, Cowboys talk, then it's Marvel re-ranking 9-5. to five. You're listening to the Zero to 100 podcast. It's episode 107, Carpe Omnia. We're seizing everything. Let's go. So it's the Zero to 100 podcast. Uh, after a bit of a hiatus, uh, I'm or hi hi hiatus <laughs> we're back i'm joined by my brother Corey. what's up Corey? hey what's up and my brother ricky hey what's up all right so we're it's been a minute and so we're back to re-rank the marvel movies we're going to do 14 through 10 i'm going to do a brief recap of uh what we've ranked so far or try to do a brief recap of what we've ranked so far and that way we can uh, get up to speed on where we're at. So starting at, uh, I'm just going to go down the list. So starting at 32, Corey, you had uh, Thor, The Dark World. Ricky, you had Eternals. I had uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. And 31, Corey, you had Thor, Love, and Thunder. Ricky, you had Thor, Love, and Thunder. I had, well, you know what? I'm not going to go through the whole thing because this is going to be too much. So point is, we left off at 15, which, Corey, you had uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, which I just thought is ludicrous. That's a top 10 movie. I don't care what y'all say. And Ricky, you left off a spider-man far from home so let's just pick up with 14 and the way that it works because we've been breaking it down by points 14 starts with 18 points and it increases by one the higher we go so rick i'll let you go first 
what is your 14th ranked movie? All right, so 14, I got the first Doctor Strange. You know, solid movie. I've watched it multiple times. Good rewatchability. Solid, solid movie. All right, Corey, what you got? 14, I got Ant-Man and the Wasp. Rocking self, not the Superman. <laughs> what, what, what did you say, Rick? As, uh, no, I'm just, he still hasn't said multiverse madness. Because <laughs> multiverse of madness was a good movie. <laughs> so at my 14, I had Doctor Strange as well, and this, like, I, I'm just gonna be honest, like. Ranking my 14 through 10 was very, very difficult. Like, it was because these are like really great movies to me. And it's like, it, this is like splitting the finest of hairs, like, because I can rewatch them a ton of times. It was very hard for me to pare it down. And in fact, like, th- like going forward is even harder because I already started doing it. And it's but anyway, so yeah, Doctor Strange is by 14. All right, uh, Corey, what do you have at 13? Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> See, I, I'm okay. Like, I'm not like, I wouldn't have had it that high. This movie had a bunch of like standout scenes or whatever, like the music note fight, the, mm-hmm. uh, the zombie Doctor Strange. Uh, Wanda, you know, going through the thing like a like a horror villain and taking out the um, the uh, Illuminati. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't care. I like the movie. I I thought it was really good. I feel like the. I mean, I, I wouldn't have put it that high, uh, but it's it's like the thing that drives me crazy is I feel like the only reason people didn't like it was because of their own fan expectations and they built all this stuff up like oh this is yeah. gonna be this and especially the fact that they brought like uh patrick stewart back as professor x and they had like the other cameo like they had um Haley uh atwell is, is captain carter and so everybody had built all this stuff up in their head and then you know that was it and people was like, what like ricky's one of those people yeah, it had too much potential when it did not meet the potential that it should have met. I'm sorry. It was, that, that, it was highly disappointing. I wouldn't have put it above. The like, you didn't know how much they yeah. could have did in that movie that they didn't do. But it's, I, I thought the story was good. Like, I, I really liked the American Chavez character. I thought Scarlet Witch is the villain. Man, was, all she did was twist. punch stars. It was getting on my nerves. <laughs> All right, so my 13, <laughs> my 13 I had was Spider-Man Far From Home. And I've come to find that people, for some reason, like that's like the least favorite Spider-Man movie, which I can't yeah. I just don't get because I thought it was so much better than Homecoming. Like I like Mysterio to me has always been like a corny villain, and they actually made him pretty cool. And like even like when he first revealed himself as the villain, that whole sequence where he attacked Spider-Man was just off the charts dope to me. Like that was a great scene. And just even the way he did it, like the way they did the character and how he did his illusions, 
I thought was cool. And so, yeah, Far From Home was was up there for me. I thought that was really, really good. It I've rewatched it. I love it. I just think it was great, especially coming after uh, Endgame. I, I just, I highly enjoyed it. Rick, what was your 13? Uh, my 13 is Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, just to me, out of the four, it was just the weakest one, but it wasn't terrible. Just was the weakest one, in my opinion. No, no. It's too low. low. I know, like, like I said, it's splitting hairs. I, that's again, I think that's a lot of fans' least favorite Avengers movie. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense the way they was expanded. Well, if you got it in your top ten, you wrong. No, I'm right. You're wrong. If y'all are wrong, top 10. you are wrong. You and Corey are dead wrong. Avengers: Age of Ultron is a dope movie. It's I just uh, it's egregious to me. It's egregious. All right, so my number twelve, and this was this was a. Y'all might think I'm crazy for this one. I, I like I love this movie. This movie was great. It was really, really good. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it, especially like compared to some of the other movies that came out at the same time as it did. It did a great job with the same story a trillion times better than another studio tried to do the same story. Captain America Civil War. It was good. It was great. It was a trillion times better. What'd you First say? of all, bro, hold on. I'm sorry. You not you not going to talk about me having an Age of Ultron too low, and Civil you got War Civil War outside a, of the top ten. It was a trillion times better than Batman versus Superman, and it's funny because they came out at the same time, and it was the same kind of story about heroes fighting each other, whereas Batman versus Superman was a steaming pile of gigantic dog crap, and the story Civil was, War was better than Age of Ultron. No, it wasn't. Just, yes, it, it was not. It was you not. Got it was you, got, you got the introduction of Black Panther and Spider-Man. It was good. It was they brought, really good. brought Ant-Man into just, like the rest of the thing. I couldn't put it above Age of Ultron. I couldn't do bugging. it. It's just like you said, it. like DC tried to do the same thing around the same time did not pull it off but they pulled it off it, it was, was like great. the first time outside of the team up of all the avengers where you had a bunch of superheroes all in one joint and they pulled it off it's you're wild man. you're absolutely you can, wild good no good, no you're not going to tell me the movies that are <laughs> above it Deserve to be above it. That's how good these not, are. That's not the not, not a Ultron. <laughs> Dog, I'm telling you right that now. That is a top 10 movie. Tripping. That is a top 10 movie. Age of Ultron. I'm not even, like, see, I'm not going to go into my Age of Ultron thing right now because it's not, like, I'm just saying y'all tripping. Captain America Civil War was fantastic, but that's the, this is like, you got to cut the finest. You got to split the finest. How is Civil man. War not in your top 10, though? I don't understand that. Because I don't I, understand. Like, I'm I not even saying it needs to be like I five, it was good, but it definitely... While I enjoyed it, you I said, had my issues with it. There's several issues that I had with it. Like, in terms of 
like the 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 whole argument itself, like while I could see both sides of it, I thought it did a good job in in, in presenting both sides, but it was also still like, dude, this is stupid. Like this is a dumb thing. Like for them to be like, like like they they especially like after Age of Ultron, they centered a lot of it about what happened in Age of Ultron. Like, oh, you guys destroy the city or destroy the country, and I'm sitting there like, they didn't destroy the country. Ultron did it, and okay, so I guess they shouldn't have did anything because if they didn't, then the entire planet would have been destroyed. So I guess they should have sat back and not did nothing. And that just like it, like the there were getting blamed for the stuff that the villains did, and that was just stupid to me. Like Civil War itself, like it was burned well, in the comic. Who created the villain though? I understand um, that, but they didn't point it that way. They didn't go, oh, Stark, you the one that did it. They was talking about, oh, you guys destroyed the country. You blew up a country. Like they kept bringing that up. And I'm sitting there like, dog, what the F was they supposed to do? Like sit back and be like, oh, well, he too late. He got up in the air. We can't do nothing about it now because if we do. Well, if you're going <laughs> to, if you're upset about that being the central plot line, I don't see how you're not upset about Spider-Man wanting Doctor Strange to do no, all that stuff no, because his no, friends couldn't no, get into no, college. No, no, no. <laughs> we didn't even get into that yet. We didn't even got into that yet. But again, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, I got like this. The point is, the movies that I have above this, this was a great movie. I just couldn't raise it. I had to sit there. I had to make the difficult choice. This is about the difficult choices at this point. And the difficult choice was, I was like, because mm, let's just be honest about this thing too. Captain America Civil War was just another Avengers movie. It was just another Avengers movie. And in terms yeah, of an Avengers movie Avengers that was movie, better than I compared it to the Avengers movie. And I said, yeah. do I put it above this Avengers movie? No. Do I put it above this Avengers movie? No. So therefore, yes. it had to you come in put as well. Above Age of Ultron. No. No, it's yeah. not better than Age of yeah. Ultron. That's my point. It's not better than that. It is. No, it's not. You're yeah. wrong. Corey, what's your 12? Or, my no, 12. I'm sorry, Ricky. What's your 12, Ricky? Ricky, what's your 12? Hold on. Uh, my 12th is Black Panther. Boy, you tripping. Hmm. Boy, you you're not missing. gonna come at me talking about I'm tripping and you, you, you that's, that's way you that's way too much. You you a sellout. That is go not ahead. too low. Listen, I am go not ahead. gonna give it these points just because it was a black movie. You tripping. Like, it was I'm good, but the other stuff Your is black better. card is getting pulled. How you go ahead and join? You're sitting there talking to me, and you got Black Panther, the Oscar-nominated Black Panther at 12? You tripping. Okay, go ahead. We all know they only nominated it for an Oscar because it was black people. Dog, like, it was also dope. Black Panther it was, was the same plot line. It was the same plot line as virtually every single other Marvel movie before it. No. Like, no, it's somebody else that got the same power, and they want. To, it's, it's the same you know thing, what? and it was a good that. movie. I'm glad you said that because here's the thing: for all them people out there who will be like, "Oh, Marvel always has the character; they just play the evil opposite of of themselves." Guess what? That's comic books, nigga. Like that's what it is. The the hero okay, well, is somebody that is opposite of, of them. That's comic books. That's like. I'm tired That's of it. Based 
They could have they could have had him start off with Namor. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You could have started no, with somebody no, other than no, no. the nigga that's the exact opposite. No. no. I just don't like that. Well, but they, there's, but there's other not, villains Kim that he has, though. You know what I mean? Villain. Yeah. That's what I, was I mean, he was, too. but... No, I'm, that's why it's rated higher than most of the other ones where they use that same plot line. I only got mm-hmm. one other movie rated on top of it, and that's because it was the originator, but, no. you know. No, you tripping, yo. You tripping. <laughs> you tripping. Corey, what's your 12? Um, My 12 is Iron Man. Iron it's Man. More, uh, it's more out of respect for what he did than, like, you know. Um, See, and that's my point. I guess I y'all, really y'all giving too much stuff. weight to, like, like, I understand. I get it. I understand what you're saying. You're giving the weight because you're like, well, this was the thing that started it all. And it was very good. I enjoyed it. But compared to all the other stuff, it's like, to me, it's like, if somebody got a cheeseburger for the first time, you're like, man, this cheeseburger is banging. This is the first cheeseburger ever. And you're like, yeah, this is good. But how about this cheeseburger with some turkey bacon on there and some chili? Like, that's a better cheeseburger than a regular cheeseburger. But this movie was also pretty solid. So, Yeah, it was a solid movie. And I, I think you have to give respect, not even because it was the one that started it, but like, what when it came out at the time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was a really good superhero movie. They was effing up superhero movies left and right back then. They was so it's mm-hmm. like you know, it was like they, they literally had effed everything up, and that's why Sony was doing they chisnit. Well, almost everything. I, I guess I they ain't that play, but that's what I'm about to say. I was like, I agree with you, but it's not like it came before Blade which I would say is better than Iron Man. It's not like I would say it came before X-Men 2, which was before Iron Man, or Spider-Man, which was before Iron Man. So it's like, I get it. It was the first in this Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's not like it was the first superhero movie that was successfully done. It was good. No, no, I look at it like Michael Jordan playing basketball in the 90s, but then you compare, like, would that nigga go hard in the paint like now, like yeah, he would, but it's just that's what he played with back in the nineties. Iron Man played with some bum niggas back in two thousand eight. I wouldn't compare <laughs> Iron Man to Jordan. That's not. That's not I'm gonna rate it high. I mean, I'm I not saying it's the greatest, but I'm just saying, like for the era, it's like when you compare eras of sports. You know what I'm saying? You got to yeah. compare niggas to like, could it kind of to the competition that they played against then? But then it's like just the solid bones of the movie. I just think it was a good movie. But I mean, I it's Corey's twelve, so it it was good. I just can't yeah. put it that. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. I just thought about that. Wait a minute. That is Corey's twelve. So hold on a second. You have not rated it yet. So I know good and dead. You know. What? You talking about me? My, I ain't gonna get my pressure up. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm just. Yeah. No. I haven't rated it yet. Because I, I give respect to Who the niggas that there? came before us. Just like we give court. respect to Bill There's Russell no way, being There's one of the no greatest way. basketball players. There's no, way. There's no way I'm putting that thing. Dude, I'm about to no. There's no way. There's no way. You know what? It's okay. First of all, not the, not the, nigga, not the nigga that got Age of Ultron in it's the top, top 10. 10. So we're not even going to talk about this. Dog, you're not, not putting that movie, movie in the top 10. That's not a top 10 movie. 
That's not a top 10 movie, yo. That's not a top 10 movie. You just, first off, you just sat there and was complaining about Black Panther. Ooh, he just played somebody. No, but Iron and Man was the first one that did it. Iron Man was the first one that did it, and then everyone else copied Iron Man. That's not So copying. that's why I'm going to put it higher. That's literally the characters. They literally fight an evil opposite of themselves. That's comic books, dog. I get it. That's if what they do in the comics. That's literally but why are you doing the same thing in the movie? You have so many of the people you can choose from. Why are you doing the because same thing in the movie the, right like, after he did it? Typically, the arch nemesis for the character when they first start is an evil opposite of them. So if you're doing the first, they're going to fight the evil opposite of themselves. That's just standard. I, I just don't agree. I don't agree. Spider-Man didn't. Spider-Man But that's because Spider-Man just got unique and dope villains, period. Like... Why can't we get these other niggas? Why do we have to use the same story? Like, oh, we can't think of anything. Just give him somebody who fights just like him. That'll be the first movie for him. You could have did Killmonger in two and Black Panther two. You didn't have to do him in one. That's Killmonger was a dope villain, and that's his main arch nemesis. Like that. Like so, it's like why would you not do that? Is it Killmonger is called his main villain? Oh, comics. actually, yeah, technically it is Claw, actually, in the comics. But, all right, I'm sorry, I'm getting on a tangent, but this dude did take me off of his freaking Iron Man top 10, and he want to try to denigrate Angel Ultron, which don't make no sense. Give me your 11. Wait, you didn't say you're 12. Yeah, I did. He did, I think he started. Captain America, I started. Wait. Civil War. Oh, Civil I wasn't paying, wait, then I must have. Missed something. Either way, it doesn't matter. Wait, what was your 13 then? Spider-Man Far From Home. And what was your 14? Dr. Strange. Dude, are you here? What are you doing? Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, 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 okay. I was just making sure. Just to recap, you saw Either way, uh, you you not paying attention. 14, I had Dr. Strange. You had. You said you need my eleven. Yeah, let me just get this recap. No, that's fine. I'll just give you my eleven. Go ahead. No, I'm eleven. I have as uh, the first Spider-Man. Homecoming. Homecoming. That's way too. Yeah. Yeah. Way too high, yo. Your list is trash. You was you started this joint trying to kill Corey's list. I'm pretty y'all hate your list. I'm not even up front. You got a trash list, man. Your first list first of all, first, how how <laughs> you no, know, if we look at the discrepancy or the variance between someone's bottom and then someone's top, my uh multiverse of madness is like 27. And we got, it's like a 15 slot discrepancy. If mm-hmm. I got like a three or four slot discrepancy between what I said and what someone else said, that's not a trash list. No, your list is trash. You got a trash list. <laughs> you, got, you got a trash list to me. Both of y'all got uh, Guardians 1 to uh Hey, Corey, this, this thing is wild. You wilding. What's your 11, Corey? Yeah. I, w- I was debating on this. And so I really, Originally, I had Avengers, but then I was like, no, I got to move that up. And so I was going to say Ant-Man, but I really like the first Ant-Man. So I'm going to say Homecoming is my 11. Me and Corey are right on point. 
You're the one that's the outlier. <laughs> no, no, that's that's too high. It just it just I gotta say looking back, man. I don't the Spider-Man movies um don't do it for me. I'll no, I like you know they're solid or whatever. Oh, so. you know what? Thank you though. You just gave me the movie I was missing. You gave me the joy I was missing. I was that's what it was. Okay. All right. Darn it. You know what? My list is jacked up now. Uh no, not, not you talking about my list. <laughs> no, because I missed <laughs> because I was missing Ant Man. Like I couldn't like I was remember the first I was, like, we started. Yeah, the first Ant Man. Before we started, I was sitting there struggling trying to find something. And now I realize, okay. I like the Ant Man movies. I, uh, I forgot the, first the Ant-Man one is special. I got yeah, okay. Never mind. I got you know what? We're gonna have to do a recap because I totally I missed it. And that really actually changes my thing slightly. So my 14 is still Doctor Strange. Like I'm not changing that. 14 is Doctor Strange. 13 is still Spider-Man Far From Home. I will say that. It is still Spider-Man Far From Home. And my 12 is not Captain America Civil War anymore. My 12 would be Ant-Man. That's what I was missing. I knew I was missing something. That's where it was. My 12 would be Ant-Man because the first Ant-Man was surprisingly good because even when they first announced it, I thought this is going to be terrible. What are you doing? Don't nobody care about Ant-Man. This is stupid. But the fact that they made it a heist movie, it was a different genre. It was a heist movie. was really good. It was highly entertaining. I was very pleasantly surprised. And so therefore, that's yes. Number twelve. I think like it's one of the one of the funniest of uh, um, the Marvel movies. Yes, I agree. Why I haven't ranked it yet, but I like it a lot. I agree, but thank you for mentioning it because yes, that's what I was missing. It was driving me crazy before we started. I was doing some of my other rankings, and I was like, I'm missing something. I'm missing something. That's what it was. Thanks, Corey. I appreciate that. So just a quick recap because everything has gotten super confusing. My 14 was Doctor Strange. Ricky's 14 was Doctor Strange. Corey's 14 was Ant-Man 2. My 13 was Spider-Man Far From Home. Ricky's 13 was Avengers Age of Ultron. Corey's 13 was Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Ricky's 12 was Black Panther. Corey's 12 was Iron Man. My 12 was Ant-Man. Corey's 11 was Spider-Man Homecoming. Ricky's 11 was Spider-Man Homecoming. And my 11 is now Captain America Civil War because that moved down. So yes, okay, much better. All right, now, now I got it. Now I'm on track. So yeah, my I've already explained it. So yeah, Captain America Civil War is my eleven. Um, all right, 
Corey, what is your number 10? My number 10 is Ant-Man. Okay. Um, I remember really liking it out of the theater. And uh, yeah, I still think it's a good one. Okay. All right. Rick, what's your number 10? My 10 is Iron Man because it's the top 10 in there because it was a great movie and it kick-started everything. And if it wasn't for Iron Man, none of this would even have been possible. Yeah, I don't really agree with it, but it's, it's, I'm not going to argue with you about it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you about it. I've made my piece on it. I don't agree with it, but whatever. <laughs> my, my number 10 is uh, Thor Ragnarok. And it's by far the best Thor movie. Is I, I, I could have... I enjoyed it more than Civil War. That's why I had to put it over it. Because I thought it was like... First of all, it was just... It was incredibly funny, but it had really good action, and the villain was top notch. The story was good. I enjoy how it was. It led directly into Avengers: Infinity War. They made Thor super powerful. The Hulk was great in it. It was good. It was top notch. And it made you feel like, oh man, Taco Atiti, that dude knows what he's doing. And I don't understand for the life of me how he could make something so great and then follow it up with yeah. so colossally bad with Thor and Love and Thunder. It just doesn't. Yeah. It's like he took the funny stuff from Ragnarok and said, let's just ratchet it up. Make even the whole, whole movie that, yeah. 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 And yeah. it was like, no, it just. Mm-mm. It was yeah. not good. Terrible. <clears throat> so yeah. Thor Ragnarok was my number 10. And the fact that none of y'all attacked me, I guess you're fine with it. But I yeah, have my higher, 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 higher in my rankings, but yeah. To this is marginally higher mine, but I, I don't I don't hate where you have it. It it would have probably been high, well. It would have been higher if I didn't forget about Ant Man. But uh, so yeah, and I just it was like ranking ten like because I I did go ahead and rank some of my other stuff because I was just kind of like I don't know. Now, did you guys actually rank your nine through five? Because if you did rank your nine through five, we could keep going. Or yeah. You did? Um, yeah, I read the rest of mine. Okay. So I let's didn't, just... but I can whip it together. Hold on. Okay. I, I was like, only because I know it had been so long since we had gotten together, and especially now when that football season is here, uh, my it's messing me up. I'm mad because I didn't get a chance to uh, post. Like I talked to you, Corey, and Greg before the season, and I wanted to have y'all on so we could talk about the games that have transpired. And it sucks that I have to talk about the Cowboys after they came off a loss. But, you know, them first two games was Hold on. Mm, fantastic perfection 
Like, I couldn't think of a better way to start the season than those first two games. And I'm not, like, overreacting to the third game because I still think this team is great overall. But I just can't tell you how much fun it is uh, when I have my brothers on and when we, be de- when we debate these uh different <laughs> these different movies and shows and all that stuff. It's just it's always fun. I absolutely love it. Um so up next is the conversation I had with my brother Corey and my other uh, fellow Cowboys fan Greg. This was right at the beginning of the season. It was actually it was before the season even started. It was right after uh you know training camp and cuts and you know roster moves and they had just traded for Trey Lance, so uh, this opening right here is actually just what our thoughts were of how we were feeling about the Cowboys going into the season if we felt like this was the team to beat. Um, it, it's, it's just fun conversation that I have with them, and I thought it was interesting, especially going back and listening to it, especially seeing what has transpired for the Cowboys in these first four games. Uh, so... I'll be back to explain the next clip as well. You're listening to the Zero to 100 podcast. All right, fellas. This is the Zero to 100 podcast. Doing my Cowboys today. I got my brother, Corey, on. What's up, Corey? Hey, what's up? And long time no see. What's up, Greg? Oh, I should have waited till your audio got connected, my, my man. What's up, Greg? Yeah, what's up, man? We The band's back together again. Yeah, that's right. Just before Cowboys season. So right. let me let me uh touch base with you guys real quick. How you feeling going into the season? What were you uh optimistic? Like feel like this is the team to beat, or or uh, you just feel like it's gonna be same old Cowboys first round playoff exit right now? You want me to go first? You want me to go last? <laughs> you go first, Greg. You, let's let's get the pessimism out the way first, because I already know you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, get me out the get get me out the way now. Yeah, go ahead, <laughs> man, man. Look, man. Look, look, look. Here's here's the deal. You know how I am. You know how I am. And now you asked if if we the team to beat. I don't know. I feel like I feel like the way these defenses are shaping up, like it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be tough. Especially, especially in the NFC East. I, 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 like all jokes aside, like I think, I think it's going to be tough. Um, you know, I definitely think you know we still got, you know, the offensive firepower to do what we need to do. But you know, the defense going to do what they're going to do. They're going to do what they're going to do. I mean, if we can cut down on the turnovers and cut down on the empty possessions and stuff like that, and you know, some of the situations where we had an easy seven and we had it and had to settle for three, I mean, the sky's the limit. You know what I mean? And in regards to, you know, how people think I feel about Dak, like I love to do in the sky's the limit. You know what I mean? Like I I, I know what he can do in the regular season. I, we, we, we didn't see this since 2016. You know what I mean? But, you know, it, it's at the end of the day, it's like, you know, the regular season wins is one thing. But once we get into the postseason, that's a whole different thing. So, you know, I think I, I think the NFC East is I mean, obviously the Eagles are a team to beat because they won last year. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So coming out and saying the Cowboys are a team to beat right now. And I can't, I can't say that because we got beat, you know. So, so, so you know, if, if everything is running, you know, as it's supposed to run, and you know, hopefully we can, you know, get on a good, on a good run, a typical run. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, obviously, with the with the talent that we had, you know, we're we're always a team to beat. But until we beat that team, which is up in Philly, you know, it's hard for me to say we the team to beat. All right, Corey. 
Um, I'm optimistic because I, I feel like last year it came down to Pollard getting hurt. Like you know, they was they were in the game with the Niners the whole time. A couple bad plays here and there. Um, but if they if they had had Pollard, then I think they would have won that game and they would have beat the Eagles the next week. You know, who knows what would have happened in the Super Bowl against Kansas City. But um, it, it's like Dallas, they have everything they need to be a championship team. Um, it just comes down to those, you know, those intangibles, I guess, like with the coaching staff or the quarterback at those crucial moments. Like, you know, like Dak is good, but it, it seems like his turnovers come at the worst possible time. And, you know, it, so I'll say like Dakota uh, Romo. <laughs> don't even, don't even know. I'm not even Dakota Romo. Romo. I'll, I'll say if the team is is healthy all the way through, or or at least like if they have you know their full team in the playoffs, um, you know I don't see anybody beating them because the Eagles like they're good and stuff, but they're not that far beyond Dallas. Um, like our I think our defense is going to be even better than it was last year, which, you know, it, it was incredible. And so, um, you know, if they can cut down on the turnovers on offense and, you know, like if they run the ball more, which I think they will with Mike McCarthy calling the plays now, um, yeah, like I, I'm optimistic. You know what I mean? If we stay healthy, uh, then, yeah, I, I can see them going all the way. I, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with Corey there. Like, I think, I think if Tony Pollard, I think if Tony Pollard stays healthy, I definitely think we having a different conversation right now. Um, like, and 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 and, and he's also right too. I think, I think, I think we could, I think we could have went into Philly and dealt with them. And honestly, man, like, I think with that defense that we had last year, like, we matched up well against Kansas City. You know what I mean? So I think mm-hmm. I think that might have been, I mean, that might have been it right there for us too, especially when you got guys like Pat Mahomes who who who, who like Russell Wilson will run himself in the sacks. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in the way that defense was cooking last year, like I think I think if Tony Pollard didn't go down and obviously we didn't have, you know, certain interceptions and penalties and stuff like that, I think we are definitely having having a little bit of a different conversation right now. For me, it co- it goes down to this sequence at the end of the first half when they was up nine to six, and they was marching, and they hit Tony Pollard for eight yards on first down, and then he broke his leg, and then you had second and two, in the red zone, and what does Kellen Moore call? He goes empty. I don't even care that they was passing. Like it's not like I would prefer yeah. to go ahead and run the ball, but you went empty, completely telling the defense, "Oh, they passing. It's only two yards. They know what kind of routes you like to run. Like it's like you sit at the sticks. That's what they. That's what Keller Moore had them doing. And so then it got yeah, second, second and two, a play action probably it, it could have been a touchdown. Exactly. And it's just like that. It's stuff like that. And that's why I, yo, I know I'm overly optimistic when it comes to the Cowboys. I know that. I admit that. I'll wear that. But I'm telling you right now, if, like, like you said, if Tony Pollard ain't get hurt, they was definitely going to win that game. But we're not even talking about last year. Let's talk about this year. Let's talk about this year's team. Ain't no way in the world Michael Parsons is not getting. Defensive player of the year this year. 
This dude is going to kill it this year. That defense. Now I got Stephon Dill, uh, Stephon Gilmore on the other side of Diggs. Who you throwing at? Who you throwing to? I got Deron Blade in the slot. I still got the three-headed monster at safety. I got Demarcus Lawrence on the other side. I got Sam Williams coming up. I got also a Diggy Zula. I got Jonathan Hankins back. I got Demon Clark. Dog, this defense is nasty. It's a top three defense, and they not number three. Like it's I can't it cannot be overstated to me how good the Cowboys defense has been um for three and a half games this season. And I say three and a half games because that's I still can't comprehend how they lost to Arizona. And the only way I can I, I just feel like they're they're human just like pretty much every Cowboys fan because I felt like going into the Arizona game, that was the only game that I looked at at the first four games of the season and thought, oh, that's the easy game. Like, that's the cakewalk game. Like, you know, going into the first game of the season, you're always nervous because you, you kind of don't know what the team is going to do. Like, you, you you know they're going to be good. You think they're going to be good. I wasn't really overly concerned about the Giants, but I did not think that the Giants were going to be as bad as they were. This season, like, I knew Daniel Jones wasn't it, and he wasn't good, and that's why I laugh hysterically when you hear people like Tiki Barber try to go, i take Daniel Jones 100 times out of 100 over Dak Prescott. Dude, you look like a moron right now. Um, even though the minute you made that statement, you were a moron. But to to blow the Giants out 40 to nothing, and this defense, this defense is playing so lights out, and... Yes, I, you know, I really wanted the Jets to have Aaron Rodgers when they played the Cowboys. Do I think that the Cowboys would have blew them out? I think so because I think the Jets, just as much pressure as Zach Wilson was under, Aaron Rodgers would have been under just as much pressure. Now, he would have definitely made some more plays than Zach Wilson, but I really did want the Cowboys to face Aaron Rodgers because I just want – to me, this is like the revenge season. Like, this is the Cowboys' revenge, in my opinion. Like, they get revenge on everybody. And um, I, so, I just – I was looking forward to, to them facing him. But this defense has been so lights out, it's, except for that Arizona game. And, and like what I was saying, I think with the Arizona game, I think that they really just went into that game overlooking them. And then it – Happened right after Trayvon Diggs got hurt and was lost for the season, which is soul crushing, because like my favorite players on this team is like Dak Prescott, Michael Parsons, and then Trayvon Diggs. Like he's my third favorite player on the team right now, and so it just it it sucks so bad for him to be gone and not a part of this ride. And it wasn't because like I was worried that this defense was gonna fall off because like like I had said there like. You had Diggs, Gilmore, and then you had Deron Bland. And everybody was sleeping on Deron Bland, but Deron Bland can ball. Like, he was a great rookie last year. He led the team in interceptions last year. So, I knew Bland could step up. Um, it's just, oh, man. I'm, this defense has been playing so lights out. And the thing that everybody keeps failing on is, like, yes, this team, the Cowboys are being carried by the defense, but that's not a bad thing. But it's it's clouding the fact of how efficient, how efficient the offense is. 
And Mike McCarthy had been saying like all last year, pretty much ever since he came here, he wanted complimentary football, complimentary football. And that means the offense plays off of the defensive strength, and the defense plays off of the offense strength, like they complement each other. And this is true complimentary football. And that was like, you know, I'm gonna get into it when I talk about my rewatch of the 49ers um uh Cowboys game from the playoffs from, from last year because Kellen Moore did not call a game for complimentary football. He just didn't. And that's why he's calling offense for the Chargers, um, which I say good riddance. But uh, up next right here is actually we we talk about, like I talked about the defense there. We talk about the offense here, and especially in terms of Dak. And uh, we talk about the Trey Lance trade. Because And I left this in here because it was very interesting to me, especially with seeing how Dak is playing at the beginning of the season right now, especially where everybody was like, oh, this picks, picks. Everybody talking about him, you know, throwing all these picks. Well, in the NFC East, the other quarterbacks, the other three quarterbacks have a combined total of 14 picks. And Dak Prescott has one. So it's just we get into the Trey Lance trade here. And then I just want to get back in after that. I'm going to get into what my experience was like rewatching the uh, Cowboys 49ers game from last year. Uh, so this is a zero to 100 podcast defensively. And in terms of offense, I don't, man, look, Brandon Cook still got it. Brandon Cook still got it. And I love interjecting that speed on the offense. I like Tony Pollard as the man. And I'll tell you the other thing that people are sleep, the people that are sleeping on, they were sleeping. They shouldn't have let us get them. Yo, that young boy Deuce Vaughn, I think, is gonna do some some good stuff. Because when he was like at Kansas State, he was tearing it up. He was tearing it up in Kansas State. So it's like people out there look him because he's so short. But I'm telling you, I think he's gonna kill it. And then CD CD Lamb is a one. He stepped up and now he finally got somebody else on the other side. Michael Gallup, a year removed from the injury, might be back to Michael Gallup. And you already know. Let me tell you something right now. Here's the thing about with Dak Prescott. This would drive me crazy, too. If you go back, and I think it was Kurt Warner that went back and went through all of Dak's interceptions last year, about half of them joins was tip passes or the receiver dropping the pass or the receiver running the wrong route. Half of his picks was not on him. So... He's never been a pick guy. Last year was an outlier to me. That's not his norm. That is not his normal, like, modus operandi. Like, he does not do that on a normal basis. So, I don't think he's a turnover machine as, as people like Dan Orlovsky trying to try to make it out to be. I'm fired I mean, up. I, think, I mean, I think, I think, but, and, 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 and Corey, I mean, I mean, Corey touched on it too. Like, I don't, I don't believe that Dak is a turnover machine. The problem with Dak is the same problem that Romo had is when the turnovers happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing about it. Like, I don't believe for one second he's a turnover machine because I've seen him not turn the ball over. It's just when. But see, that's the thing. I don't don't even feel like Romo used to do that. But but even still, like, it it depends on the moment because even with Romo, when people say that about Romo, it was like, if you looked at the actual games or the situations, it, it was only like big. It was a couple of big situations, and then that's the the thing that stuck to him, even though it wasn't really the the um 
like the statistics didn't back it up because like in fact I think when Romo was playing the only person that had more fourth quarter uh comebacks than him was Tom Brady and yeah yeah you're right but everybody goes to Seattle where he fumbled the snap and they be like oh see or the end of the Giants game where he threw the pick at the end of the Giants game in 07 but to me that was more like they shouldn't even have been in that situation in that game but it just sticks to them. But 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 that's kind of like making my point. Like you know what I mean. Like that's all that. Like I, unfortunately, like people aren't people. People are still talking about about Dak's rookie season. And Dak had one of the greatest rookie seasons that what quarter, quarterback could have, rookie quarterback ever had. Yeah, he did. You know what I mean. But yeah. but but it, it but but the thing about it is like now what's everybody talking about? They talking about the turnovers. They talking about this. They talking about Dak. So like I said, like I love Dak and Dak can play and don't. And you know what I mean? And Dak, you know, Dak, Dak, Dak been playing like that ever since he was at Mississippi State. So the boy could play. You know what I mean? But it's just, it's just, unfortunately, like, you know, nobody's going to talk about when he's throwing for 4,000 yards. Like, they was talking about him being an MVP of his rookie year. You remember that? Yeah. MVP. They talking about him being an MVP of the rookie year. And so, but, but unfortunately, because of, like, the mistakes and when the mistakes happen in big moments, he's kind of, like, on that path to me, like Tony Romo, like, great quarterback because people, people forget Tony was balling. Tony was ball. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like the game against Peyton Manning when he threw for 500 yards. Like, you know what I'm saying? But then he also threw the pick that lost the game. I feel you like know? The, yeah. thing, the thing that drives me the most crazy, and and this to me, this is a good transition point that I wanted to get your opinion on the Trey Lance thing. And it like, I I think it was like I was talking to somebody on my job, and we was talking about Dak Prescott, and. There's such a like one, it comes with the dinner when you're the quarterback of the Cowboys. People just like people just go hate on you, period. But it's frustrating to me because he's being criticized and held to a standard that other dudes just aren't. And I, I, I get it because it's like what I just say now is the fake take media, like they're gonna put their fake takes out because they got their playbook. Their playbook is let's talk about the Cowboys, we go diss the Cowboys quarterback. And then everybody gonna get all fired up and, and either agree or disagree, but that's how we gonna move the needle. And the and the thing that drives me crazy is like, so let's take the Trey Lance thing, for example. Before the Cowboys traded for Trey Lance, all I heard was national media pundits and national media people talk about Trey Lance. This is what they would say. Oh, third pick, uh, first pick of the you know, first round, third pick. This guy's a bust. He can't cut it. He couldn't even beat out Sam Donald or Brock Purdy. He's he's not it. They, the 49ers, this guy's a bust. He's a major bust. One of the worst picks ever. As soon as he gets traded to the Cowboys, oh, oh boy, there's pressure on Dak Prescott. He's going to take Dak Prescott's job. Oh, this is a crazy move for the Cowboys. But Trey Lance could push him for the start. So wait a minute. Which is it? He couldn't beat out Sam Darnold, but now he's going to take Dak Prescott's job? That's what I'm talking about. That's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. And it drives me crazy. I just I I don't have a problem with the Cowboys doing it. I think it's smart. It's actually something that the Eagles would have done to me. So I think it's a smart move. But in terms of him taking Dak Prescott's job, it's nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. Corey, what's your take? Uh, take the starting job from Dak. Like you say, he couldn't beat out Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold. Um, so it's just like I think it's a it's a good thing. It's like you're getting a, a distressed asset, and it's just like you know he never really he hasn't played that much quarterback. This is a perfect situation where it's like 
we're not expecting you to try to come in and compete. Just sit back and learn. You know what I mean? You're an emergency quarterback. And, you know, I don't know what, I, how many more years Dak has left on his deal, but it's just like, you know, it, it, it's a good thing. Like, if, if he's a solid backup or whatever, you keep him, maybe showcase him, and then you flip him to somebody else for more. You know what I mean? Like, if if Trey Lance is good or whatever, like he shows that he can be something, then they, they can get a first-round pick from somebody for him, like second at worst. And so you gave up a fourth to get him, and then you turn him into either your starting quarterback or a, uh, you know, first and second-round pick. Like, it's, it's a no-lose situation for Dallas, really. You know what I mean? Greg, what's, what's you What's your thoughts? Because you're the one that even let me know about it. I didn't even know about it really until you had said something. Um, so I definitely agree with I definitely agree with Corey. Like it puts him in a in a in a in a no lose situation, regardless of how you look at it. Um, but to answer your question, um, I think he can come in and threaten Jack the Dax Dax job. Um, you know, because you know Dak has a history a history a recent history of getting hurt every year. Um. If he comes in and, you know, and, and plays really, really well, I mean, you're definitely going to have to have the conversation. And another thing that help, that helps me think about that is, is we're looking at, like, if you sit down and, you, and like, you take a look at everything in its totality, like, you got to look at the systems, too. You know what I mean? Like, the Dallas's system is more like the system that he ran in college. You know, not too many colleges run a system like Mike Shanahan that run the zone system that he runs out there. I think Stanford is probably the only one, really, that does that. And look, and, and look what Christian McCaffrey is doing in that offense. You know what I mean? So I think it's more like it might might have been one of those things where, you know, he just didn't fit in that system. You know, a Brock Purdy, in a, you know, in the Sam Darnold, you know, could, 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 could really fit in that system. But Trey Lance is a push the ball down the field type of dude. And so, like, you know, I definitely think when you, when, when you look at it that way, combined with the fact that Dak has been getting hurt, not saying that Trey Lance ain't, you know, ain't going to get hurt because the dude, like, hurt his pinky or finger, throwing finger or something. It's like little stuff like that in his ankle last year. But like, you know, but I I, I sit back and I kind of look at the whole big picture. And then, you know, I think honestly, like I think this is a year for Dak and Mike McCarthy, like both of them on the clock. And I, and I think I heard that um, Dak is due, is due like a, like a, like a $60 million, you know, coming up like the big balloon payment. So it's just like, you know what I mean? You got a guy with two years left on his, on his rookie deal I mean, C.D. Lamb and Micah are coming up, and you know they're going to break the bank. So it's just like you know, I think I think all cars and all chips are on the table right now, and you know, I I, I don't rule nothing now. Like I'm not saying like I think like like Corey is saying like you just reiterated it, it is a no lose situation because it's like you know worst case scenario he turns into a capable backup, and I which I would be fine with because I don't like Cooper Rush. I don't care what anybody say. Everybody, like, oh, Cooper Rush went four and one. That was because of Cooper Rush. I don't even like yeah. that was nonsense. They did not go four and one because of the play of Cooper Rush. They went four and one because that defense was balling out of their mind. If that defense was playing the same way they was playing under Cooper Rush's starts, there wasn't nobody in the NFL that was gonna beat Dallas when that came back. So, but, but the point is, it's like keeping nobody up at night. At, at worst case, he's a backup. Best case, then yeah, it's another asset that he okay, he could potentially be the starter in two years. Okay, then all right, then we good. But I do think Dak is gonna get extended. And then if you extend Dak and you still got an asset that looks like oh, this dude could be a starter, then yeah, now I can flip him 
for at the minimum of a two, but probably a one. So again, it's like I, I just look at it like to me, if the, it's it's funny to me in terms of perspective of, of who it was, because like if Howie Roseman had did this for the Eagles, people, were, oh my God, look at this brilliant move. Look at this, this brilliance. But when this Cowboys, I'm hearing one, oh, why are you doing that? Because you don't have confidence in that. Like, this dude got beat Cooper Rush because that's the other thing. It's not like he's not even behind that right now. And also, here's the other thing. Dak Prescott's not Carson Wentz. He's not mentally weak. He's not going to sit here and be like, oh, you brought this dude in here to try to take my job. No, he's not like that. Like when when the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz folded like a like a lawn chair. He was like, what, "What are you doing?" And then you saw what happened. He's trash. So all I'm saying is, I don't have a problem with the move, but people sitting there trying to push the narrative like this dude is challenging Dak for his job is dumb. It's not happening. It's stupid. It's just dumb. It's just, because the other thing about Trey Lance is like, you really don't know what he is. He hasn't played enough. He started four games. You don't know what he is. So it's to me that's nonsense. Yeah, it's it's just the thing. I still firmly believe, like I, I don't think the Trey Lance trade was a, a bad business decision move. And it's but it's just watching the way Dak has played these first four games now, with without question, is the red zone uh offense an issue right now? Yes, but I don't think it's one that's going to be sustained throughout the season. It's, I think, like, especially after looking at the Patriots game, it was just, it was so clear that these are fixable things. Like, uh, you know, the Patriots game, on the first drive where they had to settle for a field goal, Dak hit Schoonmaker on a seam that was a touchdown. Like, that was a, if he catches it, it's a touchdown. It's within the red zone. You're not talking about it. Um you know, the pass to C.D. Lamb was right outside the red zone because it was at, like, the 21, so technically that's not the red zone. But anyway, point is I think these are fixable things, and I really do think that it's almost like they've been blowing these teams out by so much that they don't even have to dig deep into their offensive bag. Like, they don't have to show much. And, like, Brian Schottenheimer had pretty much said that after the first game of the season when they beat the Giants 40 to nothing. Like, they were, like, there was things that they ran that they didn't even have to. And, you know, in terms of red zone, in that game versus the Giants, it was three for five in the red zone, which is not bad. The other thing that people seem to be missing on is that they lead the league in 10-plus, um, you know, 10-plus play drives. Like, they're moving the ball up and down the field, and they're great. Dak has been great on third down. This offense has been great on third down conversions ever since Dak came back from his thumb injury. And, like, these are all things that they are just missing. Like, in terms of getting points, period, they're at the top of the league. They're either at the top, and I'm going to confirm it at the end, um, or they're, like, right behind uh, Buffalo in terms of, of getting driving the ball to get points. So it's just, it's, it's like everybody wants to try to, it, it's it's so funny to me because it's like they always do this with Dallas. Like they always try to find some statistic that they're not doing well and they want to beat that into the ground to highlight. Like when Trayvon Diggs was leading the league in interceptions because he was picking off, you know, passes, like getting a, a pick per game, 
And then they were like, well, but he gives up the most yards in coverage. Like, oh, yeah, he takes the ball away, but he he's also giving up the most yardage. And then the very next season when Trayvon Diggs really evolved his game even further and started to really take receivers away and wasn't giving up that much yardage, you never heard anybody say, well, this corner gives up the most yards. You didn't hear a word about it. So it's like now all of a sudden you don't hear it. When Dak led the league in interceptions last season, it was, oh, look at all these interceptions he's throwing. He's, he's throwing all these interceptions. And then, like, this year, like, beginning of the season, Josh Allen throws four interceptions to start the game, and they lose because of it. And you don't hear anybody talking about interceptions. Like, Jalen Hurts throwing interceptions. Nobody's really comment. Patrick Mahomes off to a terrible start throwing interceptions. Nobody's really, like, harping on it or – you know, I don't know what's going to be at the end of the season, but it's just it, it, it's, it's just funny to me. Like, they just have to find something. So, now, right now, it's the red zone. Like, they're like, oh, they're 26th in red zone offense. But they're – so, just think about that. Like, they're 26th in red zone offense, yet their three wins, it was 40 to nothing, 30 to 10, 38 to 3. And so, now it's like <laughs> – it was so funny – I'm not even going to say the person is. Everybody who, who's on uh, social media and Twitter especially knows the, the you know, national media pundit I'm gonna talk, that I'm mentioning here because now they want to sparse out the defensive scores, like the defensive touchdowns, to take that away. And, like, from the last game versus the Patriots, they want to take that out and go, well, well the offense only accounted for, for uh, 20 th- – <laughs> the offense only accounted – for, for 24 of the points out of the 38. So the offense only accounted for 24. The defense accounted for 14. And you're like, okay. So it's, it's just like, what's the big it, – it just drives me crazy because you're like, all right, let's take the 14 away that the defense scored. They still beat the Patriots 24-3. to That's still a blowout. So – Anyway, um, I went back and I rewatched the 49ers versus Cowboys playoff game. And uh, I don't know why I did it other than I just really am fired up for this game Sunday night. And I just wanted to get a refresher because there, there was like this stigma, like the 49ers dominator or the 49ers really took it to Dallas. And um, you could you could say that I would say that in the first time the, the 49ers beat Deck and the Cowboys the season before when they came in the uh, AT&T Stadium. They they did. They out-muscled them. They were the bully that day. But, and, and the Cowboys had to come back. They almost pulled it off. But in this game, this was a evenly matched game because both defenses were really getting after the quarterback in this game. And they were putting heat on Brock Purdy. And he was not accurate. They had one Really great drive, and it was really in the fourth quarter when the defense had pretty much ran out of gas because the offense really was not giving them anything. And this is what drives me crazy with Kellen Moore. Um, it was like rewatching it. It was it was so many things that stood out to me. It was one how easily predictable Kellen Moore's offense is, especially the route tree that the receivers run on the first pick. The deck through, he was under pressure, and Gallup ran a, was running a, a curl 
to come back to, you know, the sticks. And, I mean, one, I'll say Gallup ran a terrible route. And the defensive back pretty much ran the route for him and just Dak was under pressure and he threw it thinking Gallup was going to be there. He wasn't. And Gallup should have turned into a defensive back to try to break on it, try to do something, but he didn't. Got picked off. Defense held held him to three points, which was great. Um, Cowboys get the ball. They drive. They, you know, march down the field. And this was one of the things that stood out to me. It was a third and one. Like, it, was, it wasn't even a full one. It was like half a yard. And Zeke comes in, and Kellen Moore runs this formation where everybody is so compact and tight in the box. And Zeke is fullback. Tony uh, Pollard is a halfback. And Dak goes to hand the ball to Zeke, and it was so awkward that Zeke literally had to make a guy miss and then dive for half a yard to get the first down. And... um. Next thing, Dak scrambles and gets it down to the three. And that's the thing that, in terms of red zone offense, which is the reason why I'm very optimistic, especially watching from these first four games, either Dak is not, like they, he's been instructed to not pull it on the read option and run, or they're using it to set it up for later in the season. They think if they execute it, they can still score, and then they'll have something in their bag because – on, on these read options, if he were to pull it, he would either score or get really close to scoring. And so that's that's one of the frustrating things I've seen in these first four games. And uh, I, I'm hoping that this is something that they're going to pull out their bag on Sunday night. Um, but he was running in this series. Like, he ran in this series. It was a uh, – in fact, when that first – like he set up that first touchdown by scrambling for um, the first, you know, the first down there, and then he hits a great play action Dalton Schultz touchdown. Yup, Brett Maher misses the extra point. They gets blocked. Everybody like, oh, it's not his fault. He got blocked. And then they looked at the replay and they're like, no, even if he had kicked it, it was going to be missed. Um, and, and so, but fast forward to the sequence that drove me the most crazy was. They're driving the ball. In fact, they had a fourth and four. Dak scrambles for the first down on fourth and four. Then they, you know, get down there. He hits uh, Tony Pollard, and this is the sequence. Tony Pollard catches it, gets to the 18, gets tackled by Jimmy Ward, who does the hip drop, break Tony Pollard's leg, which is awful. He's out for the game. And it's second and two from the 18. And uh, with the conversation I had, with with them, I, I remember I said the Cowboys were up nine six. They actually weren't. They weren't up. They were. Uh, it was tied. It was six six um, because the Cowboys defense had held the 49ers uh, to two field goals at that point. So it was a six six tie game at that point, and the Cowboys were driving. And so you could have went. So so anyway, it was um, it is it's second and two from the eighteen. Kellen Moore decides to go empty. And that's the thing that drives me the most crazy. Part of what makes, uh, you know, what offense's goal is, is to, one, disguise things, to, one, make the defense have to work to try to figure out what you're going to do. So making them think, hey, is this a run? Is this a pass? What is it? Because even if you make them hesitate, even if it's just for a moment, 
that split second could make the difference. Football is a game of inches, so even the slightest of hesitation can be a benefit or advantage to the offense. So why would you make the defense's job easier by eliminating 50% of the thought process of, well, what's it going to be? Well, one, you know it's not going to be a run because you just went empty. So, okay, boop, one problem solved. We know it's not a run. It's pass. Then these teams scout you so they know what you want to do. So the receivers, the other receivers, you're, who's your number one target? C.D. Lamb. They know that. Other wide receivers run out. C.D. Lamb runs a stick route to the sticks. It's only two yards, so he's not going that far. Runs a little stick route, and he just sits there. Not a slant, not a drag, not keep in motion. And I get it because, yeah, if somebody is in constant, uh, a sitting target is easier to hit, especially under pressure, than a moving target. But Dex under pressure, steps up. CeeDee Lamb is just sitting there. 49ers scout it. They know what he's going to do. Jimmy Ward jumps it, tips it, is picked off by Fred Warner, who was everywhere that game. So you went from a situation where it's a tie game, 6-6. You have the chance to have the ball last in that situation. And at worst, go up 9-6 going into the half, getting the ball to start the second half. At best, case scenario, getting a touchdown, going up 13-6. Let's just be honest. Brett Maher wasn't the most reliable, especially he just missed a, a extra point. Chances are they would go for two. Maybe they get that, and then you're up 14-6. Or he doesn't get it, you're up 12-6. Point is, you're up going into the half and getting the ball to start the second half. But instead, gets a pick, and then this was one of the things that I noticed they were really putting pressure on Purdy. And then for some reason on a third and long, Dan Quinn decided to not bring pressure. And he, I think he only ended up rushing three and playing coverage. And then Purdy hits uh, Juwan Jennings for a 27-yard shot that like, you know puts him in field goal range. And so now you went from being tied 6-6, going to get points, to now it swings the other way, and then the 49ers get a field goal to end the half, and they go up 9-6. When you were in control of that game, um, second half starts, Cowboys get the ball, and this is the thing that was so crazy. So they're driving. They get to the other side of 50. It's third and five. He, you know, I remember initially thinking, because everybody came out of this game saying, oh, he should have went to T.Y. Hilton. He should have went to T.Y. And so then when you see the replay, and especially the back angle of it, you can see, well, no, he didn't go to T.Y. because, one, there was a linebacker underneath it, and then there was another defensive back on the other side of of, of, uh, of T.Y. So it, it would have been a really crazy tight window. Great chance it could have got picked off. He could have possibly laid it in there. But, you know, C.D. Lamb, to me, was the call, especially because it was C.D. Lamb on a linebacker. Uh, Fred Warner made a great play running with C.D., but then when you see the replay, you see C.D. actually Dak placed that ball only to where C.D. could get it, and he actually had gotten hands on it. He just couldn't pull it in. And so it's like, oh, my goodness. Like, if he had caught that pass. Ugh. But anyway, he didn't catch it. Third and five. In my opinion, I really wanted them to go for it. 
McCarthy was like, let's play it safe. We only down by three. Let's just go ahead. They punt, and the um, the 49ers player muffs it, and the Cowboys recover. So, boom, you're right there in the red zone. And it's just, I don't, I really can't even understand how they didn't score in that series. But it was also very clear at that point that Zeke was not it. Because it was like, hand the ball to Zeke, he gets like, barely a yard then it was it was um you know they hit a, a pass to to gallop on the sideline and it's third and short and he uh or, um third and goal actually and he hit Zeke right over the middle and bounces off of his shoulder pad almost could have been picked off it was a miracle it wasn't picked actually and so but then you had to settle for three and then you're terrified that Brett Maher is not going to be able to make this field goal. But he does. But the game's tied 9-9. And um, then, like, you know, the Cowboys are trading possessions at this point. And then you had to, you know, you get into the fourth quarter. At this point, the, the defense is gassed. Like, they're not getting anything from the offense. It's, this tie game is just their gas. Um, and... They had a really good return on there, and it was a third and long, and this is the play where he hits Kittle over the the middle, where um, Neville Gallimore actually ended up covering Kittle because Kittle looked like he was blocking, and then he releases, so Neville Gallimore runs with him, and this is the play where everybody was upset because uh, George Kittle was bobbling it, and Diggs comes in there, and instead of like blowing him up. To at least like he maybe he could have got for the ball if he went for the ball, but at least if he b- tried to blow Kittle up, there is no way Kittle was gonna hold on to the ball at that point. And Diggs whips and he completes it, and it just oh, so the drive continues. And this was brutal because then the forty the 49ers get in the red zone, and then on third down, uh Demarcus Lawrence gets a sack on Purdy, and you're like, oh yes. But then there's a flag, and Donovan Wilson was clearly holding George Kittle, and that was a backbreaker. Like, that was a backbreaker because, boom, they they get, you know, the drive continues. And then on the next play, they hand the ball to McCaffrey, get him to lose a yard, then there's another flag. And it's uh, Jonathan Hankins, and he's, you know, called for a holding uh, holding defensive holding penalty on the where he pulled the offensive lineman so the linebacker could get to him and it was frustrating because the 49ers had literally did the exact same thing to Zach Martin where the defensive lineman is holding Zach Martin and pulling him so he can't get to the next guy block and Fred Warner makes the play in the backfield and they didn't call it there and so it's like that was frustrating and then that ends up leading to the McCaffrey touchdown. And and then this is the play that drives me absolutely nuts. I do not understand it. Kevontae Turpin takes the kickoff. He's running. There's three options he can do. He can go to the right. He can go to the left. He can go to the middle. When you when I freeze it and look at it, I've shared this a number of times on Twitter. Three options for you to do. The one that you, so two are correct. One is wrong. The only one you cannot do is run directly middle. And he ran directly middle. 
runs into Robbie Gold, kicker gets stopped. That only leads to a field goal. And so you're still down. Uh, like the Cowboys are still down by four, 16 to 12 at that point. And then the last series, and this is why I really hate Kellen Moore and why he did not do complimentary football, which is what the Cowboys are doing now. This is a game on the line. You got to do it. The first play on first and 10, all the wide receivers ran stick routes. Like, they all ran stick routes. Like, they ran five yards, all of them. They all ran five yards and stopped. Deck throws, and it's almost a pick six by uh, Kinlaw. Like, he almost, Drake Kinlaw almost picks it off, and it's almost, that's church. Game over. And so, you're like, oh, my God. So, now you got second and ten. It's second and 10. You have all your timeouts. It's just under three minutes. There's no rush. You don't have to hurry. Just get something. Just get some positive yardage at this point. And he runs, like Gallup runs a go. And he tries, like, you know, Deck tries to hit him, but he throws it one way. Gallup ran the other way. It was just, they were not on the same page incomplete now you got third and ten and everybody ran a curl to the sticks and it's covered Dex got nowhere to go he's trying to scramble he ends up getting sacked and you got a punt and that was game like I don't even like the sequence after that where 49ers picked up a couple of first downs and up like that's it's is literally irrelevant at that point like it is irrelevant because they you know, took so much time off the clock. They had this score in that sequence where they were down 19 to 12 and they needed to get in field. Like, you know, they, they needed a touchdown. And, and that's why I cannot say enough how happy I am that Kellen Moore is uh, coaching in, in uh, Los Angeles for the Chargers. And, but all that to say is that. I'm really excited about this Sunday night because, one, I firmly believe if Tony Pollard didn't break his leg, the Cowboys win that game because the only really dynamic offensive player they had when Tony Pollard went down was C.D. Lamb, who had a good game. And it's just, but they had nothing else to go with it. Like, it was so clear that Zeke was done at this point. And I love Zeke, but it was so clear he was done after, after, um, you know, after this game. And um, so they have Tony Pollard now. 49ers, like he was barely used in the first playoff game that they had, which made zero sense that he was like, him and C.D. Lamb was barely used. And then in this game, he didn't get to do anything because he broke his leg and he was done. Um so I think that's going to make a difference. I think this Cowboys offense is so efficient. Like, they are way more efficient. Uh, and they are complementary of what the defense can do. And I do think that the defense is going to bring the heat. And they're going to bring the heat on Purdy. And they they played a great game versus McCaffrey and Debo. Like, they really held them in check. And I don't know if Debo is 100%. Like, he's been banged up. He did not have a great game versus Arizona last week because he's banged up. McCaffrey is a monster. So 
if the Cowboys can stop McCaffrey, but then they have Ayuk and then they have Kittle, so they got weapons. And Shanahan's scheme is phenomenal. So it's going to be a battle, but I think it's going to come down to, again, like, can they keep McCaffrey in check? Can they stop McCaffrey? Because the first sound, first game, they had stopped McCaffrey until that last drive in the fourth quarter, and they had to get two huge defensive penalties to help them on that. So that makes me incredibly optimistic about this game. And I love the fact that nobody is giving the Cowboys a chance. Like, I absolutely positively love it that nobody is giving the Cowboys a chance to win this game. So I'll be back. Uh, the next episode, I'm definitely going to get out sooner because I got to talk about what happened on Sunday night. And I'm just hopefully... You know, it'll be a good outcome. I think it will be. And I'm looking forward to it. So, up next, uh, well, thanks for reliving that pain with me going through that 49ers game. But up next is the uh, re-ranking of the Marvel movies. We're doing 9 through 5. You're listening to the 0 to 100 podcast. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and rank 9 through 5 since we're here and... The, we actually didn't take that much as much time as I thought we were going to take to do 14 through 10. So I'll get started. My number nine is actually Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. And it was like, I know Corey didn't like it, but Guardians of the Galaxy was dope. And I, I had to put it above Civil War because I put, like, that first Guardians, I, again, it, maybe it was sort of similar to Ant-Man. Like, I went into it with the expectations of, like, what is this? Because that's an obscure team. They're obscure characters. I didn't know much about them, so my expectations was actually kind of low. I'm like, how are you going to make a movie with a talking raccoon and a walking tree actually good? But when I first watched it, I thought it was spectacular. And I actually thought it was like right up there with the Avengers. Like it was rivaling the Avengers to me with how good it was. And so I was like, yo, this is fantastic. I movie with the terrible ending. The ending was not that bad. I just don't, it, the ending had me crying when he was just like, when he started singing, He's like, ooh, child, these. And he started singing, and then he started dancing. He's like, dance battle, bro. And, and it was just like, he's like, what are you doing? And uh, oh, Ronan man. was whack as a villain. Oh, it was funny, man. It was so good. And you got, like, you got your first, like, true introduction to Thanos. It was it was good, man. Solid movie. I loved it. It was number nine. It's definitely a top ten movie. That's why it's up there. Corey, what's your ninth? My number nine is uh the first Avengers. Okay. It was a good top ten. Um, but other movies I enjoyed more. I guess that's the thing. Like it really at this point, all the movies are good. It's just like a, a, I guess, a difference in preference or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like I said, it's. I found it. I, I found it like it's hard to slot them. But Guardians was, of the Galaxy one is uh, 
not top ten. And yes, it is. Age of top ten movie is great. It's a great movie. I it's good. Oh, uh, Rick, I'll let you go last. So I actually, Age of Ultron is in your top nine. Dog is fantastic. It's a fantastic movie. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to explain why it's fantastic. I'm going to give all the details because I don't understand what y'all was looking at. I don't know if you went back and rewatched it. I rewatched it multiple times. I remember what I felt like when I got out of the theaters after the first time I saw it. Spectacular movie. Ricky, what's your ninth? Uh, nine, I'm going Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Uh, solid movie. Low expectations initially going into it. Uh, greatly exceeded it. It was it was just a good movie. It was a good solid movie. It was it was epic actually initially, but it's just some other stuff has come out, and so that's why it's lower. That's what I'm saying. Or he's just a hater. That's what I'm saying though. I'll agree with you on that. We've been going at it, but I agree with you in that regard. Uh, Do you have your eight? Uh, yeah, my eight is gonna be Thor Ragnarok. Uh, good movie, obviously the best Thor movie. And as Billy said, boy, I don't know what the f that nigga <laughs> did between that movie and the last one he did, because the last one was absolute garbage. I think he just completely read too much of his press clippings. Disney let him do too much, and it's like, bro, they should have like scaled that they back. They they should have reined him in. Yeah, that, it 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 just is crazy to me how he went from Thor Ragnarok to Thor Love and Thunder, and it was so polar yeah. opposite. Like it's the it's com- he, yeah. he he looked at it like, oh, everybody likes this funny the humor that we put in the Thor. That's the best stuff. Let me just. Triple down on it because I'm like, he ain't even double yeah. down on it. That nigga was like, Yeah, he did not double. This is the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, if you think about it, like, there's probably, like, for seriousness, there's like three jokes to every one serious moment in there. And it's yeah. just, it's just way yeah. too much. It was way too much. Absolutely way too much. It's, it's just wild to me. Um, my number eight was the Avengers. It was the first Avengers. It was good. It was great. I remember when we first got to go see it, and it's like, I swear, I'm pretty certain I saw that movie. I was up, but it's all good. It don't matter. Go what ahead. Did you say? No, no. So actually, my eight was Avengers. I effed that up. But after that, I'm going to put Thor there. So whatever. Oh, so okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I realized when you said that. Yeah. You will, oh, so you will leave. You will leave Thor loving or, or loving Thunder. You will leave Thor three at eight. Yeah, I'll leave Thor there. I'll leave. Yeah, I'll just leave it there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, eight for me was the Avengers. Uh, I think I saw that movie. I want to say six or seven times. I no, maybe it was five. Point point is, I saw it a lot. I saw it multiple times. I remember going back to seeing it multiple times because they pulled it off. Like when they first teased the Avengers and Iron Man and Iron Man, you was like, what? And then you 
they was laying the breadcrumbs leading up to it, and then they actually pulled it off, and you're like, dog, we just got to see an Avengers movie. Like, first off, we got to see individual superheroes, and then those individual superheroes teamed up, and it was epic, and it was great. It, it had a couple of slow moments, and that's why it's dropped over time, especially with me re-watching it. Like, there's moments in it where you're like, okay, I could go to the bathroom, or I could do, like, where this was, I didn't like this part. It really dropped, and then it finally ramped back up. So, yeah, but for me, eight is the Avengers. Corey, what was your eight? Uh, no Way Home. Um, yeah, this is the best Spider-Man movie. Um, it was like, you know, kind of the coolest stuff. And it was nice seeing all those characters from different uh, versions of Spider-Man or whatever in a Marvel thing. So, yeah, that's my I'm number not, I'm not going to come at you. I'm just going to say it's too low. It's too low. You got it way too low. <laughs> no, you, you it's know it's too, too high? Age of all. Ultron, you have it's too low, and that is ridiculous. Where you have it is ridiculous. Like if Age of Ultron was going to be in your top ten, it should have been. Yeah, you should have said it by now. You should have said no, 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 no. no. uh, We're on to seven, Corey. What is your seven? My number seven, I got uh, Captain America: Civil War here at seven, because um, it was it is basically an Avengers movie, but you get Spider Man's first appearance in the MCU, and uh, Black Panther, and you know I just like it, it was cool. I like Baron Zemo as a villain, um, so yeah, Civil War is number seven for me. Yeah, my seven is uh, the first Avengers, just. You know, like similar to what you said, it was like, dang, I actually pulled this shit in it off. I don't know how, how many times I saw it in theater, but I know I watched it like numerous times on DVD after that. So, yeah. See, like, and here's the, might thing. Be the only movie I saw multiple times in the theater. Or like, y'all, y'all, game. this is the thing that's killing me. Y'all killing me. For Avengers being, I had it at eight. Rick, you pretty much had it at eight before you forgot something. And then, uh, no, I'm not killing you for no, Avengers. We're at killing eight. you for we're Age killing of you for Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron is better than the Avengers because coming in at number seven is Avengers: Age of Ultron. That's what I got as my seventh because it's <laughs> better than the first one. How can I put something that was better than the first one less than the first one? I can't do it. And that's why I was like, if Avengers is a top 10 movie, which it is, then the one that came after it, which I feel was better because they took what they did in the first and they ramped it up and it was even better. How could it not be in the top 10 and above the first one? Let's break it down because now we're going to get to the nitty gritty because I can't comprehend what y'all was watching what you were seeing when you sat there and watched that movie and didn't think that this is better than the first one. First off, the start of the movie, when they raided the Hydra base in Sokovia, and you got them that one shot, tracking shot of following all the Avengers throughout the thing, 
fighting the dudes. It was just one continuous shot of them fighting the dudes, doing stuff. And then you had the perfect superhero shot of the team engaging, like stripped out of the pages. It was right on the pages right there. The, the, the villains. You got the villains. You introduced the Scarlet Witch. You introduced Quicksilver. And that was... <laughs> You're, you're expanding it. Like, you're expanding it. Then you had the creation of Ultron just from the very first fight where he was just, like, with the perfect cast of the James Spader's voice as Ultron. Ultron was a dope villain. They expanded the world because you was in Sokovia. Then you was in South Africa. Then you introduced Wakanda and Vibranium. Then you just, you was doing, oh my goodness. And the stakes, the stakes was high. <laughs> Man. Dog, I just can't comprehend how you could watch that thing and sit there and be like, no, this was a good movie. The fight when they first fought, when they fought Ultron, Quicksilver, and the Scarlet Witch when they was getting the Vibranium from Claw. You introduced Claw. You introduced Vibranium. That fight was dope. The Hulk versus Iron Man in the in the Hulk Buster armor. I don't understand how you could watch that movie and not think it was next level. I just don't get it. Because the final fight was a bunch of CGI BS, and how do you burn something out of the internet? That's utter nonsense. Yeah. Dude, it is ridiculous. Like, it's it's like, it's what do you mean, how do you burn something out of the internet? Just like if it's a computer virus that destroys something. Like, the, the details, dog, they was fighting the army of Andrews, if that's what I'm saying, like even the speech when Captain America was like telling them, like again, when it was like you had, but I'm like them androids wasn't after, tough because it was like it Hawkeye. came out the Man of Steel, where Zack Snyder was like, oh, I'm just gonna have Superman killing everybody by fighting this thing and not taking the fight outside the city, and he was highlighting the fact that the Avengers was like. We're not the enemy here. And that's, again, the, the, reason, the reason I had issue with Civil War where they're like, oh, they're the enemy. No, they're not. It's just like they took the steps that they did to try to protect not just like not just to beat them, but to also protect people and to show them that they were different from what Ultron thought they were. And then the stakes, the stakes, like. He raised a country and he was going to drop that joint into the planet to destroy it. And they had to like, oh my goodness. It was terrible to understand. I just don't get it, dog. I just don't get it. I do not understand how you could watch that movie and be like, nah, this wasn't as good as the first Avengers. This was worse. Like, what? What's what just the just don't make no sense. I can't get over it. I just can't get over how you. I, how you guys I just time. think that you you rate your list. This is just me saying it. You rate your list like how niggas watch basketball now and be like LeBron is the greatest nigga no, because no, that's no, who you watch it no, now. No, and you disregard all solid. the stuff that came before. No. And the the niggas that set the scene for everybody else. No, no. Like I rate no. it based off of what this did for the overall, just everything, and you base it Dude, off it of what fantastic. makes me entertained and right now advanced, in this moment. And it advanced 
the it advanced the Infinity Saga. You had the introduction of Vision. Then you saw it was the Mind Stone. Then you had Thor putting a piece First together. Of all, you know I hate Vision. It's, it's two <laughs> niggas. It's two niggas I hate. And it's Vision and Scarlet Witch. And you just talked about both of them niggas. Oh, man. Even just, even the whole, like, the little scene, like, the banter amongst each other, where it was like, like, where they was trying to lift Thor's hammer, and they was making a joke at the end, like, when the Vision was holding the hammer, and that's how they was like, oh, we can trust him. And they're like, oh, well, the vision's not human, and they're like, "Well, if you put the hammer in the elevator, it'll go up, but it's not worth." Like, it, man, I, I just I can't understand. Rewatch that, John. Rewatch it because I can't understand how you could watch that, John. I, I, you I have different criteria. What'd you say? You have a different rating criteria. You just have a different rating criteria. Yes, my criteria is excellence. And that movie was excellent. It was better than the first one. I had the first one at eight. That one's at seven. Doesn't make any sense that y'all had it. Corey had it at 15. You had it. Like, at least you had it. Uh, where'd you have it at? At least you had it close. You had it at 13. I think I had it like so 12. Not, you had it at 13. I'm not going to kill you too oh, much over, even okay. though it should be in the top 10. That's all I'm saying. It's a top 10 movie. If Avengers is a top 10 movie, and this movie is better than the Avengers, then yes, it's a top 10 movie. Corey, your list is actually, now I said earlier, Ricky's list was a trash list. Corey, your list is a trash <laughs> list. You ain't even got, you ain't even got Guardians of the Galaxy in your top 10. Which is wild. Because it was a freaking, they ended it like Power Rangers. That was some bull crap. No. No. They might as well have just, uh, they might as well have gave everybody orange slices after the movie. <laughs> that was some garbage. No, that was so right. My God. God, I hated that. Wait, what's that? that movie. And not Thor Ragnarok. I'm sorry, Thor and Love and Thunder. No, no, I was say he said they should have gave everybody orange slices. I'm like, that was Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah, that was Thor Love and Thunder. But it was like everybody get an orange slice. My God, that movie. So I hate bad. that movie. I I I'm telling you right now, where did I put Thor Love and Thunder? I swear I had it at 32. Yes, I did. Because that's where I think you did. And I think me and Corey had it at 31. I did have it at 32 because it's, yeah. it's by far the worst thing they, they've ever done and they don't ever need to do anything like it again. Um, my number six, and I actually had to drop it compared to where I had it before. My number six is Black Panther, which is where it belongs because it's the only Marvel movie. That's my number six that too. Was, that was nominated for an Academy Award it was spectacular. I saw that movie, especially because I got the movie pass. That's when I had the movie pass, and I could just go see movies over and over again. And I'm pretty certain I saw that joint eleven times. I saw that a couple times in theaters, and I purchased it. That's the only Marvel joint that I didn't purchase because um, I just, you know, supported the. But like the story may not have been all that great, but it was cool just seeing like all those black people and the yes. visuals and the music and yes. the actors. Yes. So like that's why I, I have it uh number six. You nailing it. You nailing it, Corey. You nailing it. Ricky, I don't know how you ain't had that joint in the top ten. It don't make no sense. 
just the visuals, dog. The Wakanda, like seeing Wakanda, all that excellence, the score, the music, the costumes, the it don't make sense. It don't make sense. I was, make I'm sense. tired of seeing that storyline. No, you just, you tripping. What's your sense? You should have, uh, I, I don't know if they still doing it, but I saw, um, we went to see Black Panther with the um, the Philadelphia Orchestra playing like the score and stuff. Oh, so it was cool, like seeing the movie, like the, the, the live instrumentation or whatever, it kind of like added drama and stuff. Like even though I had seen the movie a bunch of times, I was still like, man, you know, excited I need to go, I need to go see it. it. I need to, I need to see that because that, like, that's the other thing. And the thing that makes me, yeah, I don't know that, if they're still doing it, but if they ever bring it back, if they bring it back, I gotta go. That's and that's the thing that makes me so mad because it was like the first bite pit. It was such an experience, man. Like. Just even from like the memes mm-hmm. where it was like where the people was dressed up yeah. in all the African gear <laughs> and they was like going to the ticket counter like you know why I'm here like <laughs> you you know what I'm yeah. and like man that's I, like you took that and I understand like listen Chadwick Boseman was spectacular he played the character great it makes zero sense. That you would yeah. take a character that was so great and go, you know what? We're going to kill that character off. Off screen. We're not even going to have, and we're not going to bring the character back. We're just going to kill that character off. Just, it's wild to me. <laughs> Rick, what was your six? Uh, my six is, I was really torn on this, and I basically it's a flip flop between that and my five. But six, I'm going Civil War. Uh, yeah, I'm going Civil War six. Okay. What is your number five? All right, my five, five is Spider-Man three or whatever. Whatever it's no called. I don't home. even remember. No Way Home. Yeah. No Way Home. Yeah. Good movie. It was good seeing all the, uh, just the, how they brought everybody back. A lot of the shiznit, I don't want to say a lot, a decent amount of the shiznit did not make sense, but I lived with it and I accepted it. But overall, it was good to see all the people that they brought back into it. Yeah. No Way Home was great. I'm not going to come at you. You got it too low. Um <laughs> Bro, you're on crack now. You're on absolute crack cocaine. Like, what do you have at one? Like, you. you got it too low. It's too low. That's what I'm telling you. It's too low, man. It's too low, man. It's too low. Corey, what's your number five? How is that? There's no way. The highest I'll let you put it might be three. Might be three. My number five is Infinity War. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're wait. number five. Now, Infinity wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You call coming me. Wait a minute. No, I had to get up. Um, I had to get up. Again, I dig it because all them people that snapped, we knew they was coming back. So, you know, what are the stakes mm-hmm. really? It was a good movie. That's why I say my top five. But uh, the movies above it, I enjoy more. 
Rookie. And uh, so that's why I got it at number five. Ricky, my hair, my hair went out. There's because I I need you to. I ain't even gonna say nothing. I I don't agree. I I I don't agree. I don't even. I don't know what you have above it, but I don't agree. Ricky, Ricky, hold on a second. Because I feel like there's only two places you can put that movie. Ricky, hold on a second. That's what. And I don't agree. That's what I'm saying, Ricky. Ricky, I know he didn't put. It sounded like he said. Avengers and Philly War was number five. That's what it sounded like he said. Yep. Yep. I'm not. I'm, I'm intrigued to know what you have above it. It just, it just barely, it just barely edged out Black Panthers. Barely edged out. Dog, dog. Listen, I love Black Panther. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Black Panther. Son. I love Black Panther, but it's not even close to Infinity War. I'm sorry. Like it's not even. It's not even the same. It's not even the same universe, man. It's not. It's not. Now, if Infinity War and Endgame were combined into one movie, then that would be. Uh, not, well, one, I don't personally. I'm like, the, I'm, that's all. Oh, the all ending right. of it, where it's just like every everybody gets snapped away, but we know they're coming back because they announced another Spider-Man movie. They didn't announce another Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, you know, but that doesn't change the story. Is so the though, stakes man. of it. It was the culmination of everything that had come yes. before and how no, they melded no, it no, all together. No, no. Yes. In, no, Endgame was the culmination of everything no. that came before. No, Endgame, no, I'm... Like, yeah, listen, it's like, listen, but it was like, listen. they literally brought everybody into, like, they didn't bring up, like, Endgame, like, what? I, I, I'm i just saying, listen, Infinity listen. War, I, I'm not going to go It was wild. I will go into my Infinity War thing when I come to it. I'm not gonna go crazy right now. I thought Age yeah, of Ultron was mad when you see my top four. Listen, uh, I thought Age of Ultron was incredibly <laughs> disrespected, but you disrespect the Infinity War to a level that I can't even I can't even fathom how you, how much you just disrespected this movie. <laughs> just, just top five. That's <laughs> not can't. disrespect. It's it's that's incredibly disrespectful. Like Ricky said, there's literally only two spots that that movie could hold, and in my mind, really, Not there's only one spot. There's only one spot that it could hold. But uh, my number five, and this is controversial because com- compared to where I had it the first time we did this, when I rewatched it, and I've rewatched it multiple times, and this is a fantastic movie. It is great. There's no. This is a spectacular movie, but upon rewatching it, I had to be honest about it. I had to be real about it, and I had to put it here because it had to come down compared to the other stuff. My number five is Endgame. My number oh, five. Man, I live tripping. with that. The, your, I, your know, I live with that. Is tripping. <laughs> my number Y'all five. Y'all coming is at me for I mean, it's Y'all not my tripping. five. It's, but I'll listen, live with that. Listen, y'all listen. is tripping. I'm like, it, Infinity War is an incomplete movie because no, it's not. We knew they was all coming. No, back. it's not. It's not. It's get you. out. Get out of here, no. It's not. You you put for Endgame at five. Listen, you listen, listen. Endgame is five because I'm telling you, when I rewatched it and I rewatched it multiple times, it's a really solid movie. It starts off strong 
They go to get Thanos. You get fired up from the jump. They beat Thanos incredibly easily. And you're like, mm. and then it's like they like then it's like they're going through the process of how they go bring people back. And it's like, I'm just gonna be real. The process of going through to how they was gonna bring people back was a little boring. It's it it has moments in it where it's a little boring. And what elevates it, and you just got to be honest about it. That's why I said you got to be honest about it. What elevates Endgame is the final hour. It's a three-hour movie. I wasn't bored with it. I didn't hate it. I was like, I was invested for the full three hours. But if it wasn't for the last hour, it kind of like, that saves the movie. Because... Like what the reason why it's like what made Infinity War, and I'll go into more detail with it, but what made Infinity War so great was like Ricky said, like that was truly the culmination because you had literally like every single character that had been throughout this entire tapestry of Marvel Jones that you fed, and you put them all in this one movie, like every single one. And yeah, they all came together in the final hour in game, but they was like throughout Infinity War. Whereas in Endgame, they really didn't come together until like the final hour. It was like because the first mm-hmm. two hours of the movie was just like, oh, it's just regular Avengers, like the Avengers that's left. And it was like, like, and and here's the other problem I had with it. They denigrated Back to the Future, which first off, Back to the Future is a top five all-time great movie. So for you to sit there and be like, so you tell me Back to the Future? No, Back to Future's time travel makes perfect sense. It makes absolute perfect sense. If you really break down the nitty-gritty, the time travel in-game makes zero sense. Like their their time travel explanation and their time travel thing makes zero sense. And it gets negated with the end of the movie with what Captain America does. Their time travel makes zero sense. That was, yeah. That was part of my beef as well as like the con- the convenience of like, eh, let's solve it in like 30 minutes. That nigga just solved time travel overnight. Like, get out of here. I'm sorry. Well, like, he's a genius, but I I realized for me, the endings of the movie matter probably most important, I guess. Like, how I feel. Because I'm like, Infinity War, it was just like, you know, it, it was a good movie, but we knew all the movies was coming back. Dude, it was great. I it mean, even though we knew they was coming back. It was like, wow, like all of yes. it. And then just how it was like the yes. niggas still, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, yes. I don't know. I, I, I just, I can't get down with you on that. I can't get down with you. I can't agree. Yeah. I don't agree. And the villain, you know me, it was the greatest villain performance, in my opinion, uh, next to Heath Ledger as the Joker. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. It was, it was top notch. It was top notch. I mean, uh, it's yeah, like yeah. I said, Except for his his uh, his henchman was a bunch of punks. Like how you get beat? I mean, they was, but whatever. I mean, yeah, you know the the henchman wasn't great. They weren't the Falcon. Great, but they the was Black henchmen. Widow. It was henchmen. I mean, <laughs> they they weren't great, but they was henchmen. So I'm not gonna kill. I'm not gonna kill it for that. But all right. So um, we now we're the next time we get together, we'll do. Oh, what uh, was your five, Ricky? Uh, my five was Spider-Man 
Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. Which right. I don't understand how Billy thinks that's too low because oh, I, I, too low. It's, it, it's not. It's nowhere near. It's only. It's, it's not as egregious as Infinity War. I, I can only see it being at most two spots off from where you put it. Nah, man. It's, it was that. I'm, I'm telling you, I, again, I'll go into my detail. When well, I we got that at number two. You you tripping. I'll go into my detail when it's four four through one. But So, yeah. thanks once again for sticking with me, especially this supersized episode. There was a lot to get to. Uh, I was very happy to always have my brothers on. It's always fun with them on. Like I said, I cannot wait for this Sunday night game with the Cowboys. I am so fired up. I cannot wait for this game. I am so looking forward to it. This is going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. And the funniest thing this week, especially like when, when you spend as much time on Twitter as I do and Cowboys Twitter, you know, NFL Twitter interacts with you all the time, especially Eagles fans because it's constant Eagles content creators going at Cowboys content creators, even though the Cowboys and Eagles are not playing. They do not play until November 5th, but you would not know that with the way the Eagles, and I, it's most mostly Eagles content creators coming at Cowboys. I, like, I, I know Cowboys content creators go at them as well, but it's really mostly one-sided. And the funniest thing to me this week is, is how the Cowboys fans definitely view, like we, we view the 49ers as a rival the true rival of the Cowboys. Like, just like back to the 90s, to get to the Super Bowl, you gotta go through the 49ers. To get to the Super Bowl, the 49ers gotta go through the Cowboys. Whoever's doing this, that's who's going to go. Like, that's what how significant these games are. And so, it was this one Eagles fan who was so mad that he did this video, it was a short video, and he was talking about how if you want the 49ers to be your rival so bad, go to the NFC West. Get out the division. Play them twice. And everybody was just roasting them because it was so stupid. It was so dumb how he did it. And so then the same guy comes back and says, how are you supposed to be rivals and your record is 19-19-1? and one? How are you rivals if it's 19-19-1? And one? I'm sitting there like, Wait, what? I'm like, so hold on. You're pointing out that they're rivals because they have a tie record versus them? I'm like, do you not understand what the word rival means? And so I was like, so okay, I'm going off of your logic. And so the Cowboys and the Eagles are rivals even though the Cowboys lead the series 73 games to 55, like the Cowboys have won almost 20 more games than the Eagles have in this series. So it's not even a competition. And yet the Eagles are supposed to be the Cowboys rival, even though the Eagles have won only one Super Bowl and the 49ers have won five. The Cowboys have won five. Like, like I look at the Steelers as more of a rival 
to the Cowboys than I do the Eagles or Washington or New York. Like, that's really how it is. I've never, like, I I hate the Eagles because I live in Philly and, you know, I'm constantly interacting with their fans. But most Cowboy fans, especially Cowboys fans I know that live in Texas, don't view the Eagles as rivals. They just don't. Like, I swear, I feel like Cowboy fans view Aaron Rodgers and the Packers as more of a rival than the Eagles. Like, that's just, that's just factual. And it was fun, it was so funny to me because it was one, this, this one Eagles content creator who, who was so mad. Like, so he, he was jumping in on it too. And he made this comment like, we, our rivals are teams that win championships. So you're not our rivals either. And I was like, wait, what, what championship? I was like, you've won one. You, you, you haven't won championships. You plural, you've won one that's singular. That's still four less than the Cowboys. Like that's four less than the Niners. That's five less than the Steelers. Like, do you not understand? And then it was, it was so funny for like the statement that he put at the end. We're not rivals either. I was like, the best way I could describe it was like, it's just like a little kid who wants to play with another group of kids. Like, they want to play this game with this other group of kids, and the other kids are being mean, and they're like, no, we don't want you to play, or you can't play. And they're denying him from playing. And so then the kid gets mad and walks away in the huff and goes, I didn't want to play with you guys anyway. I don't want to play the game. Like, that's what that was. Like, it just, oh, my God. It's it's so funny to me. Just, they're not even playing the Cowboys, and they're mad that the Cowboys fans won't acknowledge them as rivals. Like, that is just, oh, my gosh. It just, it just makes me laugh. It's so hilarious. So, anyway, uh, I'm hoping to be laughing when I come back after Sunday night. I think I will be. We'll see. I'm very optimistic. I can't wait for this game. It's gonna be fun because, like, I, I have you know a number of friends who actually are 49ers fans. One one friend going back all the way back to high school, and we, like, we've been going at it, and and we both say how fun and nostalgic this is to be like, it's the 49ers and the Cowboys going at it again. Like, this is this is glorious. Like, I love it so. Anyway, hope you've enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you think. Email the show at 0 to 100 pod at gmail.com. That's the number 0 to 100 pod at gmail.com. Also, make sure you follow me on Twitter at WCW Poet. And I'm actually on threads, even though, anyway, yeah, I'm on threads at WCW Poet and spell at WCW Poet. This has been the Zero to 100 Podcast, episode 107, and hopefully the Cowboys will continue to Carpe Omnia Seize Everything. We out!